Welcome to Coffee with Kojo, a podcast produced by graduate students in the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. My name is Rocky Daly, and I'm an associate professor in the school. Coffee with Kojo is hosted by McCade Iverson and B. Benson, who are grad students in our program. Our second podcast features one of our faculty, Frank Robertson. Frank is a 1995 journalism graduate of what was then the Department of Journalism and Mass Communication at South Dakota State University. He received his master's degree from the department in 2017 and has been teaching visual communication courses in the new school since the fall of 2017. McCade and B sat down with Frank last semester to get to know him a little better. How's it going today, Frank? Uh, it's going pretty well. Good. Yeah, good. Well, it's Halloween. Yes. Any today plans? is. No plans. No plans. None whatsoever. I'm kind of winging it. The no only, the only unofficial, no trick or treating. I've got, I have a nephew who may or may not want to go trick or treating tonight, and we haven't oh. decided yet. Uh, so if that all falls through, I may end up just spending at home, eating popcorn, watching Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so why don't we start off by you just telling us a little bit about your back background and what brought you to SDSU? Okay, um, my background actually starts sort of at SDSU. Um, I, I kind of consider Brookings my hometown, and I graduated from high school here, and got my undergraduate degree from SDSU back in '95. And after I graduated in '95, I worked for a couple of newspapers in South Dakota, Aberdeen American News and the Argus Leader, and then went to Ohio for 10 years, working as a photojournalist and as a multimedia editor for a Gannett newspaper out there. And that came to a conclusion back in 2016, 2015, something like that. And decided what the next phase of my life was going to be and uh, pursued a master's program or a master's degree here at SDSU with the MMC program. So I came back to school virtually from out in Ohio and completed that degree. And in 2017, uh, came back here. An opportunity came up to come back here and teach and couldn't pass it up. So here I am. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, why don't you go ahead, go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, A Day in the Life of the Freeman Project. Wow, A Day in the Life of Freeman Project. So that was a project that was a revisiting of a project that happened back in 1995. I was a student back then, and um, what it was was a group of photographers, student photographers, a little more than a dozen, close to a couple dozen, I believe, traveled down to Freeman, South Dakota, and spent the day documenting the town photographically. Um, we each had a specific number of rolls of film and black and white film back in that day and spent the day in the community just wandering around documenting what was happening in front of us. Um, the result, end result of that was we came back and we processed all the negatives and made prints and laid out the paper and had a special publication a day in the life of Freeman. Um, fast forward to 25 years later, 24 years later, actually, I suppose. Um, I was thinking about that project and thought, kicked around the idea of maybe reviving that project, checked the date and realized that come April 2019, it would be the 25th anniversary of it. Mm. And thought, perfect time to do that. Yeah. So I reached out to Dr. Daly and some others and had their support and they were all on board with, let's, let's do something with this. And so we revived it and the 2019 version of it. And the 2019 version was digital, all about digital. I mean, it was, we were doing digital photography. We didn't, weren't limited to a number of rolls of film that we could, we could shoot. 
and then also incorporated in that were two classes were my advanced photography class and the advanced multi-platform storytelling class which is primarily a using mobile technology to do storytelling and so we had two teams on the ground one of them taking pictures with digital DSLRs and another team on the ground documenting in real time photos on social media, video, 360s on Google, um, tweets, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what do you think is like the biggest difference between like in the results of doing that project between 25 years ago and now? The biggest difference? Yeah. Um, it would have to be the digital and live aspect of it. Um, just because we weren't limited to, um, back in 1995, we had, we were rationed rolls of film. We had, I don't remember how many rolls of film we had, but we had to, here's the three rolls of film. Once you're done shooting that, you're done for the day. So you had to ration that out. Digitally, in a digital environment, you don't have that limitation. You can shoot as much as you want, when you want, where you want in different environments and then the live version the digital live version of it where we could actually do live videos we had one of the live videos we did was a walk around town with the mayor of freeman and him just talking about the community and what it means to him and his background with the community and, and the developments in the downtown area yeah. and we can we can do that live and interact with the community in real time they don't have to wait for that publication months down the road they can see what's happening in the community a day in the life of the community in real time Um, so I know you said that you have a pretty strong background with SDSU, and it's to my understanding that there's actually a building on campus that's named after your mother. Correct. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, so it's one of the dorms, um, Spencer Hall, um, or as my brother and I refer to it, Mom Hall. <laughs> 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 and, uh, so my mother was the Native American student advisor um, actually back when I was a student and she performed that role for a number of years here on campus and did phenomenal things working with Native American population the students um, and retention rates in some recruitment but primarily retention rates and working with students and helping them succeed and I don't remember what year it was but the university reached out to me and said that they she had been nominated to be one of the three names honored in the new three dorms that were happening over in Jackrabbit Village. I think it's called Jackrabbit Village. Yep. And we were thrilled. And of course, we had a discussion with my family because my mother was also a very private person. Mm -hmm. And she passed in 2005. And there's no way if she were alive, she would have approved having her name put on a building. Um, very private person and, uh, and modest. Um, but she did such great important work here that I thought it was fitting that she sacrificed so much for the community, for, for the university, and for her students that it was important that her name be part of this university moving forward. That students in that dorm, there's a plaque now that talks a little bit about her contributions to the, the community, and her name is there, and now it's, I think it's important that, that that name is there and that recognition is there. Yeah, for sure. That's a very interesting story. I actually know some people who lived in Spencer Hall back in during my undergrad, so it's cool to kind of hear that story behind, you know, the name of the building. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I Okay, kind of a little bit off what we've been talking about, but 
Um, I heard you run marathons. I have run two. And that is just something that I can't personally relate with. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you want to talk about that a little bit, I would be pretty intrigued. It's not something well, I know a lot about. As of about three or four years ago, it's something I couldn't wrap my hand around either. It was, um, I've spent a lifetime cycling. Um, at different points in my life, so cycling more often than sometimes than others. I also, up until about 2005, I was also a smoker for much of my life. And um, gave that up years ago. And back uh, about four or five years ago, I thought, I've been doing some cycling. I thought the idea of doing triathlons intrigued me. And so I thought, well, let me try doing a little bit of running. And my first run was mildly successful. I ran about three miles. And then for the next three, four days, I could hardly move because I was not used to use entirely different muscles when you're running than you do when you're cycling. Um, and so that was the, my experience. My first year running was one time, one and done. And then just stuck with it. I mean, I, mean, I used the one of those, you can, these apps on iPhone, you know, 5K to couch, couch to 5K. Use one of those and, and slowly stuck with it and it stuck. And for the longest time, I just felt like I was sort of running. I never really felt like a runner for quite a while. And then... Managed to do some decent runs and, and competed in a couple duathlons. Never have competed in triathlon. Um, I do duathlons, which is a cycling and running competition. Um, have had fun doing those. And then I needed a new challenge, and I thought, Brookings Marathon, why not? <laughs> <laughs> cool. And because a, a triathlon is running, swimming, Everything. and what's the other Cycling. Thing? Cycling. Okay, yep. yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so a duathlon is a, you start off, you run anywhere, depending on the length of duathlon, it can be anywhere from a couple miles to five miles, ten miles, and then you, maybe not quite that far, the big, big professionals do that first part, but it's about, you know, three to five miles in the first run, then you cycle 10, 20 miles, and then you come back, transition back to your running shoes and run another 5K, 10K at the very end. Wow, that is probably more than I do in a year, so... <laughs> So um, I wanted to know, how was the first triathlon or first athlon compared to how you train now for it? Well, first, the first duathlon mm -hmm. was an interesting story in and of itself. <laughs> um, I actually broke my arm on my first duathlon. What did you do? Um, I, a, a large dog, I was, I was finishing up the cycling portion of the competition. I'd already run the first 5K. Okay was finishing up the 14 miles. I was on the last, I was in the last half mile or so. And this dog came up from this church parking lot and he was a big dog and he was getting closer to me. He wasn't aggressive, but he was curious. And he got closer to me. And as he got closer to me, I was inching over in the road trying to get away from him. And he kept coming closer and he hit my front tire oh. and both of us went for a tumble. I took a roll and he went for a roll and he yelped and I probably yelped. Uh, and then when we finished tumbling, he got up and ran away. <laughs> and, I, and I laid there and I went, okay, now what do I do? I, I'm, I, oh, no. I had just passed one of the other competitors, so I knew I was in a really good position. Do I? So I you get up and assess the situation, and my arm really, really hurt. And so I got up, got back on my bike, and one-handed, I couldn't move my right arm. Finished the, the last half mile on the bike, got off the bike, got on my running shoes, ran the last 5K, and, of course, my wife is there, and she's cheering me on through the transition areas, and I'm putting on a brave smile because I, I don't want her freaking out that I've just crashed and possibly <laughs> broken, broken a bone. And 
I managed to hold off competition. And the crazy thing is I did all that and still won my age bracket for that competition. Finished the race with a broken arm, broken elbow, fractured elbow. It wasn't, it was a fractured elbow is what it was. And got my, my little congratulations, you won Here's a class for you. The prizes aren't terribly big in some of those competitions. <laughs> uh, went to urgent care, and they x-rayed it, and it was a fractured elbow. And so I had to walk around with a sling for a while, and then they, I could take the sling off. But it was, yeah, so my first competition. And that that versus marathon. Marathon is much more serious training. You have yeah. to have a plan if you really want to succeed. Um, I had a 20-week plan, and it takes you all And the hard part is you have to start around Christmas, and that means there's a lot of winter running. A lot of running through snow and ice and sub-zero temperatures. Uh, it's it's pretty hardcore, <laughs> and but you have to do that to be ready by the time you get to the the competition, that start line. I think you're very strong for that. I tried to run to my car yesterday in the cold and I was froze. <laughs> so I feel your pain, but you're better. Than and it's not even that cold out yet. <laughs> it gets a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many layers on, so. I think you're very strong for that. Uh, yeah. I really admire you for that one. How how far into it when were you when the the dog kind of came in your way? I was probably about the last mile. I had probably just finished riding about 12, 13 miles. And I was within that final mile when that dog showed up out of nowhere and took me out. <laughs> oh, no. What kind of dog was it? Do you I don't know. He was a big, shaggy dog. And yeah. <laughs> big I enough. I was more worried. Maybe. No, no. It was just a big, shaggy, friendly <laughs> dog. It was, it was nothing threatening about him other than the fact that he was getting way too close and got way too close, and I, we couldn't avoid each other. Oh, no. <laughs> I probably would have cried. Yeah. Totally understand. Um, so I know you're a big film guy. Okay. I Just out of curiosity, what is probably the best film that you've seen ever or recently? Oh, man. I mean, any day of the week, that's a tough question to answer <laughs> because that's going to change every day of the week. Um, I don't even know where to begin with my favorite film. Um, something recently that I have seen that, boy. Or do you want to answer get, by saying what is the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, the worst? Yes. Film? There are some that I've walked out on. <laughs> wow. Um let me think. That bad. Battlefield Earth is just horrific. I could not believe it's no. It's a sci-fi film from the '90s, I think. Um, John Travolta is an alien, and yeah, that doesn't even. And yeah, sound like the plot should just end there. I like Travolta in many of his roles, but yeah, that was but just oh, terrible. it was so painfully bad. Um, <laughs> Troy with Brad Pitt. My brother and I walked out of that one. You thought that one was bad? Yeah, the the best part of that movie was when Brad Pitt jumps up and, like, stabs that one dude. They showed it a million times in the preview. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part of the movie, and it happens, like, in the first 15, 20 minutes. And then the rest is terrible. my brother and I looked at the watch, and our watch was like, oh, my God, there's still, like, 90 minutes left of this film. <laughs> oh, no. I, don't, I can't do that, so we got up and walked out. Wow. Um, well, I know a lot of people around Kojo, at least, have been talking about the Joker, the new Joker movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but oh, really? I've always I've only heard good things so far, but yeah, I've I've, I haven't seen it. I in I unscientifically pulled my intro to film students on that class and on that film, and there were about a dozen who had seen the film, and I asked how many of them liked it, and they all kept their hands up, and I I saw it and was generally impressed. I I liked the film. I don't think it was great. I don't think it'll be. 
awesome. a modern classic, mm-hmm. but I think it was a particularly uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was pretty solid. Just want to know what is your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. That's easy. Pizza. Oh, I could eat pizza. New York style, Chicago style, all style. Oh. All style of pizza. I love variety. I love variety of toppings. I love variety of styles of pizza. I haven't had New York style, genuine New York style pizza. I've got to get to New York so I can try that. Yes. When I got to Chicago, I had to try a Chicago deep dish. And we went to Uno's. And I don't know if I should name, call out brand, name brands here. But I wasn't terribly impressed. Why? And so I, went, I left Chicago really disappointed. Next time we went to Chicago, we went to the other uh, two main branches, Uno's and there's Gior- Giordano's, I believe. Mm. So we went to Giordano's the second time we went to Chicago. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's, there's something really unique about that. <laughs> is it pizza? I'm not sure it's pizza so much <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a, I mean, pizza pie, definitely. I mean, we think of pot pie, basically. It's a pizza pot pie is really what it comes down to. Uh, but uh, quite interesting. I love pizza. So what about, would you pick Papa John's, Pizza <laughs> nope. Hut, or nope. Domino's I if would, you have to pick here in Brookings? If I had to pick any of those. Sounds I would, like none. I would pick, <laughs> if I had to pick, it would be Domino's. But I'm not, a fan of John, I'm not a fan of Papa John's. Pizza Hut's used to be pretty decent. But you've got to go local. If you're going to pick local, you've got to go local. And it would either be George's Pizza, their buffet is generally outstanding yes. or pizza king. is that here where yeah. is that it's right downtown. downtown really or pizza king you know i need to i need to if you're if you're, if you're local you, if you're <laughs> local if you're local and you want local flavor local pizza pizza king or george's and depending Ooh. on what kind of pizza you're looking for you can get both pizza kings of thin crust mm. old school stuff yeah i love pizza king okay what about your favorite dish to actually cook my dish can you cook yeah, I do pretty decent. Okay. My wife's generally <laughs> okay. pretty impressed. Uh, chili, I'll say chili. Ooh, uh, my wife yeah. loves my chili. I, I I make a killer chili, and I've been I've evolved my recipe over the years. So I have <laughs> secret ingredients and everything. And it, it, yeah, it's a do lot you of work. Share? No, I'm no. not sharing. Nope. <laughs> my secret. I'm not sharing. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on here. We love to have you. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Thanks. Our next episode will be available on January 31st and feature Rachel Eikhoff, a graduate student and teaching assistant in the school. Be sure to download our talk with Rachel on January 31st. This podcast is a property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music. <laughs>